Well, good evening. Um, greetings in the precious name of Jesus. You know, I, I, uh, I, never, I don't think I ever heard a, a sermon by this title, Freedom Found in the Brotherhood. But, dear people, I love it. it it's wonderful. I thank you, ministry, for, for coming up with that. It, it, it's, it's so true. It's so important. I, I'm going to do something here. here. Now, in a group this size, likely there's a few of you that say, well, these things that we have written down, they're kind of bondage or something. No, they're not. This gives a sense of freedom. The things in this book help define our brotherhood. You see, and I could have said this this morning, but I didn't. But... Um, when you read in, in the New Testament, when you read in 1 Corinthians 12, like we did uh, this morning, and, and Romans 12, about these relationships, you think Apostle Paul had in mind that this will help me as a Christian relate to my uh, Christian brother? Is that why he was writing it? Or, 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 you know, that a Christian brother in China maybe could relate to a Christian brother in Africa better if he would write those things? Well, of course not. He's talking about people that rub shoulders with each other, local bodies, local groups, fellowships, conferences, people, and congregations that, that relate in each other. And dear people, these are, you notice I have two different ones. I'll tell you about that too. But, but you know the illustrations used... From time to time, maybe it's used in a children's meeting or something. You know, fences. Fences bring freedom. Now, <laughs> when my cows are in the fence, you know, they're just happy. You know, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, but when they get out, then they're all upset. It's no freedom in, in being out. Now... <clears throat> You know, I haven't been there to the Bria school for a while, but if I remember correctly, there's some fences around the, the, the ball field at certain places. Is that right? Okay. Is it like a, a ditch there on one place? Okay. So you see, children, you understand this. If that fence would be there, <clears throat> your balls would be going in the ditch. You would be falling in the ditch and breaking your ankle. Sometimes there's fences along roads so people can play right up to the road. If that fence was not there... They would not, nobody would feel comfortable. There would be no sense of freedom. There would be bondage in trying to keep out of the road and keep out of the ditch and so forth. Why did I use two different ones? You see that one has a border around it. This one doesn't. <clears throat> this one's white on the back. This one's green all over. Because I'm a part of a brotherhood that makes improvements in our statement of faith from time to time. That in itself is freedom to me. That's beautiful. That, that we are wise enough to, from time to time, uh, do some updating in, in our written rules and regulations. Uh, brothers, there, there, there's freedom. There's freedom in the brotherhood that, that you've 
that is defined by, by some of the things in, in, in these books. So let me just give you an instance. Um, so it begins with 18 articles of faith. That partially defines our brotherhood. And then there's a section on uh, membership in the church. That partially defines our brotherhood. Um, there's a section on, on uh, the ordained and how they need to operate. That partially defines our brotherhood. There's a section on congregational life and nurture and evangelism. That partially defines our brotherhood. Uh, there's a section on the seven ordinances. That partially defines our brotherhood. Peace and non-resistance. All, all, everything in here partially defines our brotherhood. And, and um, this is wonderful to have some things written down. Um, it, it, it would not sound like very much freedom to me to not have anything written down for our brotherhood. And so how do, we, how, how, how do we come to conclusions on things? Well, we just have many, 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 many brothers' meetings. And, and we discuss and talk and, and try to come to some conclusion. And then we have another brothers' meeting when something else comes up and try to figure out how, how to do that. And then we have another brothers' meeting. Dear, dear people, I, I have no problem with brothers' meetings. But, but it's, it's, it's freeing. It's freeing to know that we have some, some things written down um, this is how we agree to do, and that agreement is what makes brotherhood. Uh, a brotherhood is a brotherhood because it's brothers and sisters that are saying uh, yes, yes to the same things, are agreeing on, on, on similar things. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 11. Uh, just three verses, 28, 29, and 30. So these are the last three verses of Matthew uh, chapter 11. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Already it sounds like freedom. It sounds like peace. It sounds like something wonderful. I will give you. Jesus will give you rest. I mean, that's going to be good rest. I can tell you that. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. <laughs> Not just rest for your body. He's talking about rest for your soul, for your inner man. You do it Jesus' way, and he'll give you freedom and easy, and my burden is light. No, he didn't say, for my yoke is bondage and my burden is heavy. Of course not. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is easy. If we didn't have this, it would be difficult to know how to, how to operate. We would be, you know, I'm so glad that, that um, you know, we have this for, for my children and grandchildren. 
that we don't always have to be figuring out how to do some things and, and how, to, how to make decisions in, in certain areas of life. Because we, we've, over the years, wise men, godly church fathers have talked about these things. This didn't just happen, you know, in the last 20. Uh, these uh, many things in here were, were carried over from Virginia Conference. You know, and who, who knows how long it was that, that somebody wrote down some of these things. Uh, so, so um, that's wonderful. Let's turn to Psalm 119. <clears throat> Psalm 119. If you want some really good reading uh, to make you stop and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Just take time with Psalm 119 sometimes, I mean, uh, small portions at a time, and just soak it in. Uh, it's, it's, it's so much. Of course, you know, <laughs> you younger ones, you know, you, you realize and especially the older ones, of course, then, too, that in Psalm 119, almost every verse <coughs> says something about the Word of God, has a, has a word a word that means the Word of God. Uh, and, you know, what can happen, what I've done before sometime, I've just had that in mind, and so as I read down through it, I tried to pick those out, and lo and behold, in focusing that way, forget some of the other things that are so, so important. <laughs> you know, it's wonderful that it does speak of the word in most verses, but, but there's so much more in it than that. Um, well, let's just look at one section right now uh, as we think about freedom. Psalm 119, I'm looking at verses 61 to 68. I mean, 100, excuse me, 161 to 168. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Um, verse 162, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. That sounds like a man that knows something about and liberty and something that puts a smile on his face. Thank you, God. I rejoice in thy word. As one that findeth great spoil. I love it. The next verse. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Well, that's a beautiful verse. That can be so helpful. Um, great peace and liberty and freedom has one that loves the law of God. And this is just putting some of God's laws into shoe leather, into practice here in our brotherhood. We have to, if we're going to have a, a church, we have to agree on some things. What, what makes us a brotherhood if we don't have some things to agree on? And, and, and this is what this is all about. It's wonderful. It gives a sense of freedom. 
refreshment. <clears throat> Verse 164, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace, I already read those verses. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Verse 166, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I love them. There's the benefit in them. I hate I have kept, verse 168, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. I want to go all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter uh, 5 and 6 and just pick out a few things for you. Um, if you haven't read these verses for a while, I encourage you to, to do that, maybe in your spare time, in your devotion or something. But I'm going to just pick out some certain things. So turn to Deuteronomy, the end of chapter 5. What I'm picking out and showing you is the, the, the blessings, the rewards of doing it God's way and obeying Him and His Word. That, that's what I'm going to pick out for you right now. The rewards, the blessings of that. So, um, chapter 5 of Deuteronomy, the end of verse 29 that it might be well with them and with their children forever. I mean, is that something like you might be interested in? For you and your children? That it would be God's way and it's going to be well with you. I love that. I, I, that's, that's how I want to be. <clears throat> I, I want to receive that benefit and that blessing. Look at the end of uh, verse 31. That they may do them in the land which I give them to possess it. God was going to give them a land. Give it to them. And if they did things his way, he would give. That sounds like wonderful freedom and peace and provision. I mean, that, that's beautiful. Uh, verse 33. It's several things in verse 33. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live. Well, I mean, does that sound like freedom? Or, or would you rather die or something, you know? <laughs> that ye may live life, and that it may be well with you again, and that ye may prolong your days. That's wonderful. The... the the joy of knowing that in the land which ye shall possess. I'm promising you a, a, a land. Look at um, chapter 6 and uh, the end of verse 1. That ye might do them in the land whether ye go to possess it. 
I'm promising you a land. I'm promising you the blessings of doing it God's way. See, all of them really are conditional things. You know, you do this and I will bless. You, you, you put to practice the things in the scriptures like we do here and I'm going to bless you. Look at um, the end of verse 2. This is chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, the end of verse 2. Thou and thy son and thy son's sons all the days of thy life, and that the, thy days may be prolonged. There it is again. Look at verse uh, 3. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. You do it. You do what I'm asking you. And this is the result. That it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. I mean, what kind of land do you want? Would you like to have a land flowing with milk and honey? That's what he was promising these people. And you do it my way, and you'll be blessed, God said. Look at... Uh, Verse 10, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee there. That's beautiful already. How can we get there? How will this work? Well, the Lord's going to bring you. Oh, I can just relax in that. I can just, okay, thank you, God. I, I, I wouldn't know how, how I could get there, but, but you said you, you would bring me. That's what it says in verse 10. Brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers. It was a promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Now, how much better can that be? I mean, that's wonderful. Look at verse 11. And houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, and when you're, uh, and thou... When thou shalt have eaten and be full. Is that good or what? Yes, it is. Look at verse 18. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, and it may be that it may be well with thee. Thou must, mayest go in to possess the land, the good land which the Lord swore unto their fathers. There it is again. Look at verse 21. Verse 21. Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt. The Lord freed us. We have freedom now. He did it with a mighty hand. We could have never done it, but he did. Look at verse 23. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. All the credit is God's. We do it his way. We cooperate with him. We'll be blessed. He'll bless us for putting to practice the things that he has said. Look at verse uh, the end of verse 24. For our good always 
that he may preserve us alive as it is unto this day. And look at the beginning of verse 25. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments. Okay, we'll, we'll leave that passage now. But um, when you cooperate with the, with the body of Christ as God designed, when you cooperate with that, that's freedom. I, I mean, if, if I know, that if I've committed myself to a brotherhood, uh, first of all, it's so sad and unfortunate for people to commit themselves to a brotherhood and then try to do things their own way. It's unfortunate. That is not freedom. That is bondage. Um, so what I, was, what I was coming to there, you know, if you want to be a part of a brotherhood, then you need to do it full, 100%. Um, and then you can have freedom. I mean, how much freedom is it when, 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 when you know, we say it this way, but, uh, but uh, you know, I'll try to do it a different way, or, you know, the preacher has to come and talk to me, and, you know, and, or my wife has to come and talk to me, or my brother has to come and talk to me. How, how freeing is that? How much freedom is that? It's not. It's bondage. It doesn't help us in our inner man. In our, it doesn't give peace to our hearts and soul. But when I commit myself to the brotherhood and, and, and I say I'm going to give myself 100% to it, then I can smile. Then I can look you in the eye and in the face, you know, and, and we can have a good relationship. That's freedom. There's freedom and peace in living according to God's word. That's what we just looked at in Deuteronomy 5 and 6. Freedom and peace and blessing in doing things according to God's word. There's freedom in an open and good relationship with my brothers and sisters. I alluded to that already. There's freedom and peace when I have an open relationship with my brothers and sisters. But, you know, when, when I can't cooperate, when I can't, can't submit to, to the brotherhood, that's not freedom. That's bondage. There's freedom in an open and good relationship with my spouse. And when, when we say things about, you know, family relationships and uh, when the Bible says things about how to relate to your husband or wife and and uh, we don't do it. I mean, does that make it a freeing feeling between uh, you and your spouse? Well, of course not. It makes you feel naughty inside and, you know, it doesn't make you smile to her or him. But when there's an open, obedient, uh, godly, God honoring God's word in, in, between husband and wife, that's freedom then we can smile and feel good inside. There's certainly freedom in an open and good relationship between parent and child. 
Parents, you have some, some rules in your home. I'm sure most of you do. Well, you know, when everybody plays by the rules, then, then, then everybody can smile at each other and, and have freedom and have peace. But if you don't, then, then you don't, you know? <laughs> Let's look at two, uh, two men, both of them in the book of Luke, just a couple chapters apart. The first one's called, the, we refer to it sometimes as the lost son, and then the second one is the rich young ruler. So the lost son is in Luke chapter 15. Uh, so let's turn to that, Luke chapter 15. <clears throat> and um, verses uh, 11 to 19. And so you see, you, you know the story, of course, here, but we're going to read it. Uh, but th this, this young man, this young man thought if he left home and got out in the world, he would have freedom. And you know what happened? He realized it was bondage. Luke 15, verses 11 to 19. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the youngest, younger of them said to his father, Father, give me, give me. Give me. You know, see, we're seeing part of the story already. Give me. Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. He thought he was having freedom. Let's keep reading. He thought he was having freedom. Verse 14, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Freedom, you see? He's running out of freedom right now. <laughs> Verse 15, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, when he came to himself, he, somehow he was wise enough to say, look, I, I messed up. I wanted to go after freedom, and, and I messed up. I, I now I'm in bondage. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. If only I would be back home, there would be such wonderful freedom and peace and all good things. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Because he was smart enough to realize if he would be a hired servant with his father, then he would have freedom. Luke 18, over a few pages to chapter 18. 
And this is the one on the rich young ruler. It's called in some of our Bibles. <coughs> Verses 18 to 24. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not, steal, uh, do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. What he wasn't willing to give up caused bondage and sorrow in his life. And he could have did whatever he needed to do. We might not know exactly what what Jesus had in mind, I mean, we know what it says, of course. But anyway, if he would have followed Jesus and went by what Jesus said, he could have been blessed and had a smile on his face and had freedom. <laughs> but he was sorrowful and in bondage because he, he would not do it as Jesus said. We could look at um, some of the scriptures that we looked at this, this morning. In other words, the, the classic ones like um, First uh, Corinthians 12, uh, Romans 12, uh, Ephesians 4. And you can see when he speaks of how to relate to your brother and sister, the connection the love, the accountability, when we do it that way, we have freedom, glorious freedom. We feel good, they feel good, God is honored, we're, we're obeying his word, and, and, and that's wonderful, and it gives us a sense of, of freedom and peace. So, uh, I'm not going to take time now, but sometimes just, just look at those passages again and think about the, the freeing of relationships there in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Romans 12, um, Ephesians 4, maybe Ephesians 3 and 4. How that, you know, when we do it this way, it just frees up relationships between us. Freedom found in brotherhood, you see. I want to share with you something that um, Brother John Koblenz um, wrote some years ago. But I, I want to, um, before I do that, I want to read one other thing. 
by the way, uh, I won't read this, but um, some years ago, John Cobins wrote a, a, a booklet, Our Written Standards for the Church. Uh, and, and in the part, um, uh, that's, um, well, he, he talks about the, the possibility of over-regulation and then uh, how the Anabaptists have done in the, in the past. And then he uh, has a section, the danger of no regulation. And, uh, you know, he goes into some detail about the danger of no regulation. Uh, but when, when we're part of a brotherhood and, and we write some things down, that's very freeing. It's very helpful to me and my children, my grandchildren, and, and so forth. Uh, I'm not going to read that, but if, if uh, that's what it looks like, you can get them at Christian Light. Uh, I want to read you uh, uh, something that I, I suppose it's, it's not from an Anabaptist, but it's, it's somebody that realized, realizes that uh, you need to write some things down so we know how to put things in shoe leather, how, how, to, how to apply uh, the Bible to our everyday life. And uh, so his name is, um, I'm just going to read one, one paragraph of this article. Owen Statchen, and he titled it, um, How, quote, No Creed But the Bible Subverts the Bible. There, there are some say, you know, I, I, I don't want any, I don't want anything, you know, I, I'll just live by the Bible. I don't want none of this. And he's saying, that's not right. How, how no creed but the Bible subverts the Bible. And so I'm just reading one paragraph. No creed but the Bible doesn't even meet the Bible's own doctrinal expectation. The apostles not only allow believers to systemize their doctrine, they demand the church to do so. This isn't because they wish to, to squelch joy. Like I said when I said, you know, there may be some of you here that say this is like bondage or something. And I think I've said enough to help you understand that I, I don't feel that way at all, and you shouldn't either. <laughs> so he said here, this isn't because they wish to squelch joy. It's because they want believers to know the truth, believe the truth, love the truth, and be set free by the truth. In fulfillment of John 8.32, and ye, Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They don't want precious souls drawn off by wolves. They want men and women to flourish in Christ. And to be presented spotless on the last day. Doctrine doesn't get in the way of this lofty end, doctrine is the gateway to it. Unsound doctrine kills. Sound doctrine gives life. And I'll say it gives freedom, too. Of course, life is freedom. Freedom is life. <clears throat> um, so, in the book, The Upward Call, 
by John Koblenz. Um, when, when Brother John Koblenz writes about relationships uh, between people, uh, it's good to listen. Before he came to Deeper Life, before, before Deeper Life there at Plain City, Ohio was fully established, he was living in, in northern Minnesota, John Koblenz was, and uh, it, it came upon him to do some counseling. And uh, I don't know how he got into all of it, but uh, they realized that and they said, we want you to, to come and, and be the, the main counselor at Deeper Life years ago, of course. And so he sat there across the desk from hurting people year after year, session after session. And then he wrote some of his books on relationships and so forth. He sat there across the table from hurting husbands and wives that couldn't get along like they should. And then he wrote that counseling book for, for, for those planning to get married. And so, you know, he has lots of experience in, in working with, with people and their problems. And then he writes. That, that's wonderful. Uh, you, you know, we need to you know, pay attention because of his experience in that. Well, in uh, The Upward Call, written some years ago, uh, published by Christian Light, there was a section on uh, submission, submission, uh, just really submission in, <laughs> in general, um, in areas where the Bible says we should obey and submit. And um, he, he listed uh, 10 things, 10 areas, how submission brings joy. So I've preached before a message uh, just entitled The Joy of Submission. Submission brings joy. And he, and he lists, lists 10 reasons why. And dear people, when, when we submit to the brotherhood that we say we're a part of, uh, it, it brings joy and freedom in, in various ways that we've already talked about. But let me just share these things that, that Brother Koblenz wrote. Uh, submission brings joy because... It opens us to the Lord's grace. And you could look at some, some verses on that. It opens us to the Lord's grace. When God says, do it this way, and we submit to that, we'll be blessed by his grace. Number two, submission brings joy because it yields joy in authority relationships rather than tension. And so we all come under some authority. And when we can submit to that authority, then there's there's joy and happiness and a good feeling in that relationship. But if we don't submit, there's tension there. Submission brings joy, number three, because it opens our lives to wisdom through counsel from the brotherhood. There's much in the Bible about counsel. There's many, many places in the Proverbs that talks about the importance of good counsel and the, just the importance of, of counsel in general. Uh, so it opens our li <laughs> lives to wisdom 
through counsel from the brotherhood. In other words, if we submit to that. It also brings joy, number four, because it makes us teachable uh, and, and have a cooperative and be cooperative in our spirit. Teachable and be cooperative in our spirit. Um, when you speak, do you want people to listen to you? Well, then it'd be a good idea for you to listen when they speak to you, you know? When somebody has something to say to you, it'd be a good idea to listen. Uh, because if you want to speak to them, you want them to listen. So it makes us teachable and cooperative in our spirit if we submit to that teaching and to that teaching, yes, to their teaching. Another one, number five, it, it protects us from our spiritual enemy, Satan. He's out to get us. When we submit to God and his way and put it into practice in everyday life, it protects us. It can have a real protection from our spiritual enemy, Satan. Number six, submission brings joy because it gives us a solid premise for saying no to wrongdoing. See, if we don't submit to the rules, then, uh, well, I'm going to make my own decision. When something comes up, well, I, I, I don't know if I want to do it that way. I, I'll think about it a while and try to figure this out, you know. If we've written something down, if there's an agreement in the brotherhood, then it's so simple to say, I'm going to do it that way. I don't have to hem-haw around about it. I don't have to if and but and so forth. Submit to, to what we've agreed on. Um, then we can just say, uh, no, I, I, won't, I won't break that rule. Uh, I'll be obedient and, and I'll smile and it's, it's, it's freeing to me. Submission brings joy because it spares us from God's reproofs for disobedience and rebellion. When we disobey God and rebel against him, we can expect reproofs from him. We don't need to if we obey, if we submit. Number eight, submission brings joy because it spares us from responsibilities that are not intended, that we are not intended to carry. Sometimes people get into trouble because they want to push their way forward into something they had no business to, to mess with. Sometimes a, a wife gets into trouble because she, she, she is doing what the husband should be doing. And it causes bad relationships. But of course, you could use that illustration for many different things, just, just in work or your ball with your relationship with your boss, you know, so forth. You know, he has responsibilities, you have responsibilities, there's lines between. And if you take care of your work and let him take care of his work, then there can be a good feeling. But if we don't submit to what's, what's our job, then. Uh, we end up getting confused in what our responsibilities really are. It spares us from responsibilities we are not intended to carry, you see. Number nine, submission brings joy because it develops, the quali it develops other qualities of character 
that accompany humility. In other words, if I humbly submit to those in authority over me, then it's, it's, it's developing also in me patience and peace and meekness and gentleness. Number 10, the last one. Submission brings joy because it makes our life an example to others. When, when people realize that you are my, you know, in kicking against the pricks, how can that make me feel good? <laughs> you know, if, if I'm honest, I would have to say, yeah, I'm not being a good example. And that won't give you freedom inside. That won't help you feel peace inside. Um, so it makes our life, it, it, it gives joy when we submit. It, gives, it brings joy because it makes our life an example to others. <clears throat> Dear people, this evening, I'm, I'm so happy to be a part of you. You know, you're, you're a part of the body. Uh, and I'm, uh, I deeply appreciate you uh, because uh, you are the body that I, that I can be a part of. Uh, I need you. Uh, I need you very much. And uh, thank you for being, uh, allowing me to be a, a part of, of, of your body. Uh, we will honor um, God and, and Jesus Christ as we walk together in brotherhood. May God richly bless you as we uh, do brotherhood together, you know. So um, we want to sing two songs here uh, to close off things here. And uh, if the first one is in Zion's Praises number 779. So if um, we'll sing that at this time, and then there's another song. <clears throat> 